from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 612 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, are you a procrastinator? You have trouble with deadlines. Don't have enough time! Not a chance! There isn't enough time! Yes, there is! You're getting extra time on your taxes this year. Thank the weekend and a Washington holiday. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. April 15th, not this year. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. It's one less thing to worry about when you file your income taxes this year. You don't have to have them done by April 15th thanks to a holiday in the District of Columbia. Tuesday, the 18th of April. IRS spokesman Eric Smith on why the calendar is working in some people's favor. And yes, procrastinators, I'm looking at you. Well, the 15th itself falls on a weekend this year. And uh, the Emancipation Day holiday, that's uh, Sunday the 16th. The observed holiday is the next day, Monday the 17th. You will also have until the 18th to get your state taxes done, too. This also means if for some reason you need to file an extension, you'll have until October 18th, not the 15th as you usually would. But you're going to have those taxes done long before then, right? With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. I don't think she's going to make it. (laughs) Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NFL offseason is in full swing. We got pro days, we got visits, and free agency are all ongoing. And things in Green Bay and New York, well, they seem to not be going anywhere when it comes to talks surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Two sides have been stalled in their talks. There's been a standoff with Green Bay wanting more than the Jets are offering. The Jets feel like they're offering a lot. The Packers feel like they're not offering enough. And the two sides are left at a standstill. Chuck, real quick, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you have any idea what has been offered by the Jets for Rodgers or no- nothing concrete? Well. Dan, they've gone back and forth on this. And again, they haven't spoken much in the last week, but it certainly sounds like the Green Bay Packers want a first-round draft pick somewhere in that trade. And that's not all. Okay. That's not all. So it's up to the Jets to figure out what they're comfortable living with Hmm. and what the Packers are comfortable accepting. And then the two sides can go from there. Brian Gunnikins wants everything, Vince. Will not accept anything less than... Four first-round picks. <laughs> Wait, that sounds good to me. Works for me. ESPN's Adam Schefter there on NFL Live Thursday afternoon with the latest update on the biggest storyline thus far in the NFL. Some are pinpointing the NFL draft as maybe the first real deadline for a deal to take place, and that is roughly just over a month away. Over to the Diamond with less than a week to go in their season opener. The Milwaukee Brewers are right back at it Thursday afternoon, defeating the San Diego Padres in their spring training game by a final score of 4-2. to two. Manager Craig Council, knowing opening day is right around, around, right around the corner, also knows there are some important days down the road. So we're, you know, we're down to, I think there's 32 guys, plus 33 guys, plus some injured guys. Um, so we're down to a small group, and all these guys are going to, they're going to be they're going to be with us at some point in the year when you're down to a group like this so yeah i mean we've got 
we've got five or six days and we've got some time to be together and that's those are important, important the Bre- days. The Brew Crew are back in action today as they get set to take on the Colorado Rockies this afternoon. You can catch full coverage of that game right here on WTMJ beginning at 3 p.m. And the Bucks enter tonight nursing their two-and-a-half game lead over the Boston Celtics for the top spot in the Eastern Conference as they begin their four-game road trip tonight in Utah. And despite being in his 15th NBA season, Brooke Lopez, who really has had a career year thus far, he spoke to the media this week on playing with the Bucks' offense and the luxuries it comes with. You know, the guys I'm picking rolls with, usually that's a situation, be it Giannis or Chris or Drew or Joe. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure guys throughout the league dream about getting pick and rolls from one or two of those guys, you know, uh, majority of the game, but, you know, I get to be in the pick and roll with those four guys the entire game. And, and they do a great job of making decisions, setting me up where I can just catch the ball and finish tough, finish strong and score. Tip off for the bucks and jazz is tonight at 8 PM. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at seven 30. How much snow are we going to get this weekend? Your storm team forecast coming up. Plus we'll go live to the Pentagon. Luis Martinez from ABC news will join us on us airstrikes in the middle East six eighteen on Wisconsin's morning news. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. It may actually be news to many Americans that the U.S. is still battling the remnants of Islamic State in the Middle East. And this morning, that reminder comes with news the U.S. launched airstrikes in Syria against Iranian-backed groups. Pentagon says it's in retaliation for a drone strike that killed a U.S. contractor and injured six other Americans, including five U.S. service members. ABC's Luis Martinez is at the Pentagon this morning. He's live with us on Wisconsin's Morning News. Luis, thank you so much for the time. Uh, The announcement of U.S. military action came late last night. Let's start first with what prompted the strike, this drone attack on a U.S. base in Syria. What do we know about that? Good morning, Vince. What we know is that over the last two years, the United States forces there inside eastern Syria have experienced close to 80 attacks by Iranian-backed groups, either through drone attacks or potentially through rocket attacks at bases. In most cases, these incidents don't lead to any casualties. Uh, But yesterday afternoon, as you said, there was an American fatality. There were six Americans injured. And so President Biden then ordered retaliatory airstrikes against facilities uh, run by these Iranian-backed groups inside of eastern Syria. We understand that those uh, airstrikes may have led to some casualties on the grounds, according to some uh, human rights organizations there inside eastern Syria. Um, but it's an escalation in terms of the United States pushing back, again, obviously because there was an American fatality here. Um, but just the sheer number of incidents highlights the risk posed to American troops. And as you said, many Americans probably don't even know that there are still 900 American forces inside eastern Syria. Luis Martinez at the Pentagon this morning. As for the airstrikes, Luis, have we received further details from the Pentagon in terms of the nature of those? I mean, there are a number of ways you can go about that. You can do cruise missiles, you can do drones, or was it U.S. aircraft uh, that may have attacked these targets? Yeah, it was air, U.S. aircraft. It's unclear if it was done by helicopters, which is what it has been done in the past. Um, but I'm pretty certain that this was probably done by manned aircraft uh, targeting these facilities uh, in eastern Syria. Um, and the Pentagon has made a point of calling this a proportional response. Um, that's the, the, the term that you hear uh, whenever there's a retaliation that you want. 
something that's proportional in response and not escalatory in nature. Um, and so that's why they targeted these facilities. But again, this has been brewing over time, dozens of these attacks over the last couple of years. And, and more specifically, the United States in the past has retaliated. We've seen helicopter retaliatory attacks last August, uh, but I think that was probably the last time the United States carried out something similar. Yeah, what is the usual response to these drone attacks or even these airstrikes that have not been, you know, so deadly? Sure. So the, typically the response is the United States maintains the right uh, to protect its forces. So the right of self-defense of American forces is pretty much paramount around the world wherever U.S. troops are deployed. Um, but many of these attacks have not caused any casualties because they've either missed their targets um, or they've been brought down. The United States has counter-drone technologies. Um, they have anti-rocket technologies with counter-radar systems. So there are defensive measures in place that have protected American troops, but unfortunately in this case, this was a one-way drone uh, carrying explosives, and that impact injured uh, those six Americans and killed an American contractor. We're talking live from the Pentagon with ABC's Luis Martinez. You mentioned the word escalation a number of times, Luis. That is the big question then this morning. Is this sort of a, a one-off, a tit-for-tat, for lack of a better term, or... Could this possibly escalate into something else? I guess in the immediate future, we'll find out if there's any further response uh, from the Iranian-backed forces. Sure, there's always the potential of an, an escalatory uh, response on the part of the Iranians. Um, that We saw that, actually, remember, uh, when the United States, uh, when we saw those Iranian the missile attacks against uh, an American base uh, in far western Iraq following um, the death, the killing, the drone strike that killed the leader of the Iranian uh, Re- Republican Guard there, uh, Soleimani, a couple of years ago. So, but in this case, it's not directly Iran. These are groups that are backed by Iran, um, and these groups uh, act as proxies in favor of Iran- Iranian interests uh, wherever U.S. U.S. interests are in the region to try to disturb that effect. Um, but hopefully we don't see another escalation here. But that's why the United States was keen on saying proportionality was the response. Luis Martinez live at the Pentagon for us from ABC News. Thanks, Luis. Much appreciated. Thanks, Vince. Just coming up on 641 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Does everybody, like all the schools, have spring break coming up this week? I mean, it seems like everybody. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So you guys do your school district. Yep. We're off in Greendale. We're off, you? too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Eric's crew is off in Menominee Falls. So that's what's happening. Michelle Richards in for Eric this morning. Is, uh, he's got spring break, and they've got plans to get out of town, as does Debbie. So that's awesome. But uh, someone here in the Wisconsin's Morning News family wants to go to break a little early, Brandon. Uh, apparently. So it's it's six. You received an extraordinary yeah. text today. So I'm sitting here getting ready for you know coming up. We got some sports coming up. Six thirty one this morning. I get a text message from my fourteen year old. Which, if I can just interject, like sure. again with the texting when we're like at work. I mean, this is like I get that and, from my and, kids yeah, all the and they time. They know we're like, at work. Thank God for silent mode, huh? <laughs> right. I'm uh, literally on the radio. Can you <laughs> can you leave it or take it up with somebody else here in the moment? So right, he, go ahead. He texts me and he goes. Do you think there is any way that I can stay home? And I'm not kidding you, with six question marks following it. So my immediate thought as a parent, and I'm sure everybody in here can relate. What's wrong? uh, What's wrong? Are you vomiting? Are you sick? Fever? What? So wait, uh, let me just, just to clarify, that was not included in the original text. That was not included. That's (laughs) all it was. Is there any way I can stay home? With six question marks following (laughs) it. So I immediately think something's wrong. So I say, why? 
So yeah, I wait a little need bit. Some more information. And he's on typing. That. You know, if you have an iPhone, you can see like the iMessage. You know, the person's typing for it's a good three, four minutes. I'm like, oh gosh, something's probably going on. His response, and we're going to read it live on the air here. Because I have good grades, the only bad one is a C, and it is the last day till spring break. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. What a strong play. Wow. My response, my response have a good day at school. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Has he responded since? He goes, please, I've only missed one day. It keeps going. Please, I've only missed one day, and I was sick one day out of the whole school year, and the other days I have gone to school. Yes, and? And my response again, (laughs) have have a good good day day. at school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Gutsy boy. He's learning, though, how many workplaces are going to be empty today. Yeah, no kidding. And it's probably the easiest day of school. We were talking about that oh, at break. For sure. You're not doing so anything. Easy. My You're kids have an assembly. You got an assembly today? Yeah, we have an assembly. Like, I don't even know if they're doing math today. Last week, his teacher rolled out the TV and they watched the tournament. There's more games. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. he's in, you're in a good spot here, buddy. You'll be okay. My dad taught Latin and, well, he had a Latin class. I don't know how much Latin was taught. <laughs> no, that's not true. My dad was a great teacher, but a lot of kids would take his class because he did a lot of fun stuff. Always this day before spring break, they would roll in the TV sure. and do Monty Python because there was sort of some, some pig Latin in there. Yep. <laughs> or Spartacus or Ben-Hur or one of those gladiator movies, something like that. So, As much as the kids want to go on spring break, the teachers do too. You'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> oh, have a good yeah, day at school. Tell Trust me, I'm married fun. to one. He's like, I'm ready to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. 644 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks enter the day with a two-and-a-half game lead for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference as they begin a tough four-game road trip in Utah tonight. Jay Crowder, Myers Leonard, and Goran Dragic have all been ruled out. Tip-off is set for 8 p.m. Catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 7.30. Over to baseball, where the Milwaukee Brewers were in Cactus League play on Thursday afternoon, getting back in the win column, defeating San Diego by a final score of 4-2. to Yelich, Urias, and Victor Carantini all with an RBI as the crew now gets ready for the Colorado Rockies this afternoon. You can catch full coverage beginning at 3 p.m. right here on WTMJ. And finally, four more games are slated to tip off today. For the NCAA tournament, beginning with San Diego State and Alabama at 5:30. It's time for extra points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers are getting ready to enter the 2023 offseason with a new starting quarterback for the first time since 2008, when Aaron Rodgers took over for then Brett Favre. Life in Green Bay, well, let's let's be real. It's it's been pretty good. Could those times be changing, maybe coming to an end? Probably, most likely, right? If we're, if we're being honest, I think it is highly unlikely that Jordan Love comes in here and becomes the third straight Hall of Fame quarterback. And quite frankly, it's unfair to even expect that out of him. But I think there is something that definitely needs to be addressed based on some eternal discussions here on Wisconsin's Morning News during the commercial breaks, as well as other places, I'm sure. Let me start out by asking you this. Who has the most pressure on them in Green Bay 
in 2023. I'll give you a few seconds to chew on that. And most people are probably already screaming at their radio, it's Jordan Love. I would push back on that and argue against it. For me, it's head coach Matt LaFleur. And if you want, you could probably tag in general manager Brian Gudenkins in there as well. Jordan Love shouldn't have much, if any, pressure on him. He hasn't played enough to expect anything substantial out of him. And if he fails, most people will point at their TV and say, I told you so. Sure, he's been in the system for the past few years, and I have no doubt he'll be fine on the field once he gets rolling. But the guy who really has the weight on his shoulder is his play caller. The guy who will be responsible by developing him, leading him, and putting him in a winning position on and off the field. Since taking over in 2019, LaFleur has won 47 of his 66 games he has coached in, winning over 71% of them, also winning 13 games in his first three seasons. Broke a record doing that, yet no one gave him much credit. Why, you may ask? Aaron Charles Rogers. Now, things will be changing, at least that's what we think will be the case. Can he lead love and take this team to a new level? What does his offense look like without number 12? How will he coach a team without a star-proven quarterback? Is he a good coach? Is he a great coach? Or is he going to fall flat on his face without the Aaron Rodgers crutch? If he's great or even just good, he will help develop love and be the leader this team will need despite them losing their vocal leader, of the past 15 seasons. Bottom line here, guys, the expectations in Green Bay have always been set high. That could change entering this season with Jordan Love at the helm. But nonetheless, the pressure of developing and leading a first-year starting quarterback and this team will reside in the hands of Matt LaFleur, not Jordan Love. Coming up on 6.53, Friday morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. I'm Vince Petrano. Michelle Richards is in for Eric this morning. Greg Pancake Hill producing the program. Bucks on the road tonight. Got the Utah Jazz and actually not back at Pfizer Forum until late next week. Can I have, please, a 50-piece Mac Minis? 50, exactly. Okay. Not 51, not 49. Chicken Minis, yes. 50. 50. Even when the Bucks aren't in season, Bucks Foundation is always hard at work trying to make things better throughout Milwaukee and the state. And big week coming up, the Bucks' third annual Foundation Week. It starts Monday, and joining us here on Wisconsin's radio station, friend of mine, Arvind Gopalratnam. He is Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility for the Bucks. Uh, morning, Arvind. Great to talk to you. Great to hear you, Vince. How are you? Uh, doing well. So let's uh, start with uh, how you kick things off on Monday with the Foundation Week. You've got a a women's hoop it up event. We want to focus on girls in sports and specifically in basketball. And you're tying in a lot of your other partners as well. Well, you just gave the weather forecast, Vince. We're hoping for some good weather come Monday, just so we can start to get out and about again into our community. And so, Foundation Week is tipping off with a really cool uh, basketball clinic, junior NBA clinic, with some girls in our community partnering with our friends at Running Rebels to really just tip off the week get our community knowing we're out and about. We're going to be showcasing it at a court that we've renovated within the last year uh, from some funds with the foundation. And so it's exciting to tip off the week in a fun way. You know, let me follow up on that too, Arvin, because one of the things that's so powerful uh, for your organization is, you know, sports is something that brings people together. In fact, you and I worked on the Special Olympics Wisconsin board together. There again, an opportunity to bring young people together, participate in sports, and then do great things from that platform. And that's exactly right. And I think that's what we love about the, the platform we have, 
listen, when we're champions on the court, it brings an incredible amount of attention, interest, and support to wanting to do things off the court and really that championship-level engagement. And so you're absolutely right, Vince. That's what the power of sports is, to use our platform, convene people together, um, and where you can uh, connect people together, build that village stronger to help more people. And you're trying to build the foundation as well. We're talking with Arvind Goparatnam of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Wednesday, fans can help you help other people by uh, contributing to your sports auction. And you have a lot of things going with the, what is it, the Bally's Sports Wisconsin broadcast auction. So fans can tune in and look at some amazing experiences that they can buy, and then the money's going to go to the foundation. Yeah, Vince. Well, I'd love to tell fans, you don't have to wait till Wednesday. You can start Monday. So we've got a week-long silent auction, memorabilia, things that unique retail items that you can purchase beginning Monday, bucks.com slash MBF week. Uh, Wednesday, like you said, Vince, is a really exciting day. It's been the fifth year that we team up with Bally Sports. To, when the team's on the road, we turn it into a little bit of a telethon. We have some really cool uh, Bucks experiences that get auctioned off during the broadcast that game. So if you tune in, you'll you'll hear a lot about it. But the really cool stuff is a lot of our fans have come to know is our wonderful mystery boxes. People can get access to our memorabilia items, cool retail items from throughout the year, and it's just a fun way now to support us, get some gear. But all that money we bring in goes right back to the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. What are some of the priority fundraising opportunities that you are looking to get involved in? Good morning, Michelle. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, listen, we are passionate about what we get to do here with our new ownership team, our ownership team that's come on board in the last few years. Listen, it's about uh, building a legacy of our engagement. And so for us, it's finding that passion. Uh, over the last five years, we've given out close to $3.5 million of funding to nonprofits around the state in the areas of youth mentorship, um, helping a lot with areas of our education system, getting more books into schools, more multicultural books in partnership with literacy programs. I think the thing I'm most passionate about as well is, is the support that we've been providing to voting initiatives. Listen, we've got an election coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a very, very uh, important topic in our society. We, know we want everybody to participate. When things are going well on the floor, it floats all boats. That was uh, my pal Arvind Gopal Ratnam of the Milwaukee Bucks. Foundation Week coming up through next week. 50.